Hey Moonies, welcome to the Sailor Moon Fan Club Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson, and I'm here with comic book artist DJ Kirkland. His heart his art has appeared in The Black Mage, Dream Daddy, Agretzigo, and he's also one half of the Magical Voice podcast. He's actually probably one of the biggest Sailor Moon stands I know also, so I'm really <laughs> excited to have him here today. <laughs> so- it's- it's like literally half of the things that I scream about on Twitter. So yeah. I'm, I'm so happy to be in a place where I can just go off about my favorite thing on the planet. So thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When I created this podcast, I'm like, there's no way I can do this without having him on at some point. Because <laughs> like you said, like on Twitter, you are probably one of the people who talk about Sailor Moon the most. Yes. Um, along with myself. So <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yes, you're in the right place. Um, you can scream all about Sailor Moon all you want for an hour at least. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so... <laughs> um, but uh, the first question I usually ask everyone is just, uh, what's your first memory of watching Sailor Moon? My first memory of watching Sailor Moon was when I was seven or eight. Um, Sailor Moon at the time would come on at like, seven o'clock in the morning before I would get ready to go to school Mm -hmm. and I just remember watching the uh the first transformation sequence for the first time and I was getting ready for school and I was just so mesmerized by what was happening on screen and I was already drawing a lot at that point but I had like no like idea of what anime was or anything like that so I was just so enthralled by what was happening on the screen. There were all these colors and sparkles mm-hmm. and, and everything. And I was like pointing at the screen and I was calling for my mom. And I was like, mom, mom, come look. And I pointed to the television and I was like, I want to do that. And it's, you know, Usagi like twirling around and sparkling and everything. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, okay. <laughs> so I don't think she quite understood at that moment what she meant by that. Mm-hmm. Um, But shortly after that like she has always been super encouraging of me doing art and everything so she saw that i kept drawing this character like on notebook paper on my homework on all the stuff that i would use for school and just kind of encouraged me to to keep drawing and all of that stuff so yeah um season one like probably very early one early early episodes of that first season were probably my earliest recollections of Sailor Moon. And I've just been in love ever since. That's so cool. So when you were pointing at it, were you saying like, I want to do animation and art? Is that like kind of where your mindset was? Yeah, that's where my okay. that's where my head was at. I was like, whatever this is, like I want to make these drawings. I want to do right. this. Oh, that's so cool. Because at first I thought you were saying I want to be a Sailor Scout, which is what I was thinking. When oh, I was also watching. that too. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, yeah. That too. Yeah. 1000%. <laughs> That's so cool that it really like sparks your love for art and oh, you know, led to your career. Completely, yeah. That this series is solely responsible for me becoming an artist. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, I had we had another guest, um, Morgan Jerkins, and she talked about how it inspired her to go to Tokyo. And mm-hmm. I'm just, and it's just so cool how like this show is so impactful on people that it literally has changed their course of their lives. Yeah, I mean, and what's crazy is that we're seeing so much of its influence in work 
today, especially like in kids programming today, like mm-hmm. we've seen like Teen Titans Go do like an homage to Sailor Moon and the transformation sequences and right. um, the amazing world of Gumball has done them too. Yeah. And like all of these cartoons that we're seeing now, um, you know that there are people, there are like fellow Moonies that have mm-hmm. made their way into animation, into games, into comics. And the impact that it has on pop culture and just like the magical girl genre as we know it today is like undeniable yeah definitely yeah i've seen like the new she-ra definitely mm-hmm. had some influence and um craig of the craig on the creek craig of the creek yeah it is. um they have the transformation sequence so it's it's everywhere Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you have a favorite scout person? She. Um. Oh my gosh. Uh. So this is always such a hard question. It's like picking your favorite child. I know. Um. <laughs> um. Growing up, I was like all about Usagi. Growing up, um, she was my favorite growing up, and she still is mm-hmm. today. But as I got older, like Minako just spoke to me on so many levels. <laughs> like her personality is very much similar to mine. So yeah, I resonated with with both of them a lot like i think there's something within each of the guardians that i think i can relate to personally but i definitely just like gravitated towards uh minako as i got older yeah what um what about her drew you to her um i i like i love that she was kind of doing her own thing before Hmm. joining up with the rest of the sailor guardians and she was doing this, uh, doing all of her missions and everything alone beforehand and was just a baddie on her own. And then the Sailor Guardians met up with her. They're like, are you the Moon Princess? And they're like, well, I don't know. But, you know, I've been doing this whole, like, Sailor Guardian thing by myself for a minute. So I just think that she's so cool and so resilient. And I can just relate to a person that, you know, like, just wants to be wants to kind of be booed up like once like once a man and <laughs> wanted a man at some yeah. point and and all that stuff but i also just love that in the manga it was very much like the opposite like she was very much like i don't need a man i've got ray right here so it's <laughs> like just like that that kind of energy about that character i just really i really love her and i love that confidence within her yeah no that confidence is definitely on point and like I always love her glasses, the yeah. red glasses. I think those are iconic, and um, I wish Sailor Moon kept them too. But yeah, I wish she did too. Yeah, but yeah, definitely agree with everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a favorite Sailor Moon moment or episode? Oh my god, yeah. So there is an episode. I just have to make sure that I get the episode number correct. Yeah. One second. That's fine. We don't. We don't judge. You know, yeah, it's um, it's part of season two. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, yeah, protect Chibiusa, the, the 10 guardians of warriors clash. So it was like when, mm. when the, the inner century are fighting, um, right. the, the Ayakashi sisters or the Spectre sisters, yeah. that battle, um, was, I don't know, something about that fight. I mean, it was so beautifully animated and it was like so well paced and it was like such a critical moment in that arc with um with the the with the Ayakashi sisters that I just I go back to that episode over and over and over again it's the episode that I watch every year on my birthday because it's like what I do I watch my favorite episode of Sailor Moon and I get my favorite food and just like 
indulge in all of my favorite things on my birthday and that's like one of my favorite episodes of all, of all time if not my absolute favorite i love that tradition <laughs> yeah i you know i you know like i feel like birthdays are the days where you kind of get to be selfish and to be all mm-hmm. about about yourself and all the things that you love and indulge in so i'm like you know what i'm gonna go get my my favorite food i'm gonna go get my favorite drink i'm gonna watch my right. favorite show i'm gonna play my favorite game and just you know be all about you that day for you know that that 24 hours it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a special day <laughs> yeah yeah i totally agree i i live by the same rules i <laughs> think for my birthday this year since you know we're in quarantine i just like got some korean wings from like oh, i ordered in and, so and watched tv i don't remember what i watched though <laughs> but yeah i should have watched it mm-hmm. <laughs> you can never go wrong you, you can, can never. never go wrong ever 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 <laughs> that is a great one too because that is that if i'm remembering correctly that's the one where they kind of like pretend that they kind of like are going against usagi um it was like the episode that was like the, mm-hmm. i think it was like the episode before that that was leading up oh, to that fight got it okay. um it was like uh sailor moon and uh chibi Uso were kind of like got into a fight oh it's mm-hmm. an episode where it opens and she wet the bed like chibi Uso wets got the bed it. and she's like really really mad at her Mm-hmm. and um she doesn't really apologize and so she goes and runs off and she wants to go obviously she wants to go back home mm-hmm. so she summons uh tries to summon the this the key to go back yeah. home and and when she starts crying it basically shoots up that beam of light so basically Ruvius and all of the specter sisters mm-hmm. see oh th- there <laughs> she is she's here right. and so they uh, so like koan and berthier go and like try to capture her and then she just kind of runs away yeah yeah, yeah. the way you like describe it the more i'm like remembering i'm like yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, oh, oh god episode. Episode. so good it's so good it is they are some of the best villains too the black moon clan and just like rubius and like that whole arc um that season just has like the best villains yeah that those were some of my favorite villains of the entire series mm-hmm. i completely agree yeah, I yeah I agree. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. I think Hot Topic too has like a bunch of shirts um with them going on right now. Oh, I, if they do, I will buy them. <laughs> they have a Black Moon Clan shirt that I got, and it's just Wise Man, and it's so cool because it kind of looks like it could be a band T-shirt if you don't know what Sailor Moon is. Yeah, but it's just like cool because they're like my favorite villains. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is awesome. Um. I saw one time too that you tweeted that if you you want to work on something Sailor Moon related at some point. Oh god, life, yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you have like a dream project? Yeah, um, my dream project would be to be like on the social media team for oh. a Sailor Moon fighting game or just like a new Sailor Moon game on something. So I want for nothing else. I want the kind of same treatment that um dragon ball fighter z got in terms Mm -hmm. of like it being this like celebration of dragon ball z and it's this like super faithful fighting game that is just a love letter to that franchise i want that same energy and i want the same um developer to make that game but sailor moon instead and i just want to be like on that social team like talking to like pro fighting game players are like like which sailor guardian are you gonna pick in this in this exhibition tournament that we're gonna have and and all that stuff like i i i want that so badly (laughs) oh that'd be so awesome 
Yeah, I want that too. Yeah. I we I mean, yeah, we there are not enough Sailor Moon games, especially there are none, I think, in for us to play unless you have like contraptions. <laughs> yeah, um I was very devastated when Sailor Moon Drops um was no longer available in the App Store. I was like, no, this Me is my too. only Sailor Moon thing that I, I can know. play in like this in this timeline. Like And I, yeah. Oh god, so sad. Yeah, I was really sad too cuz I was legit addicted. Yeah. And like I even um <laughs> I like tried to hack the thing with like changing my my date, the date of my phone or something so I can get hearts. Yeah. <laughs> and um they were like, "Oh, you tried to like cheat so you can no longer get hearts." So I just had to like wait. <laughs> no. So oh, sad. No. <laughs> I can never like get more like have them build up. Like I had to like wait for like me to get like five like every 24 hours. Oh or my god. I was like, "Oh my god, I can't do this." <laughs> but I was so addicted to that game for the same reason cuz it was like this is the only Sailor Moon game I ever had. Yeah. I must play it every day. Yes, absolutely. And it's really addictive. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we talked a lot about Sailor Moon. I do love your work, too. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Um, how did you end up starting working with uh, Danny on The Black Mage? So um, we're going to take a trip down memory lane to 2015. Ooh. Simpler times. Um, yeah. <laughs> Actually, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Um, so I was at... Um, PAX West in Seattle and my publisher of Black Mage Oni Press had a booth there because mm-hmm. they do a lot of comics that have a lot of crossover with games and that whole space and they make they also make uh, like like uh, tabletop games that are based on the books that they have and Scott Pilgrim being like one of the really popular series that also had a tie-in game so it's a really good fit for them and mm-hmm. I was there because I was visiting Seattle and visiting some of my friends and I was walking around the um, the show floor and my editor was like, come to the booth. I want to talk to you about something. And I said, okay, sure. And he was like, so I have this book for you. It's called The Black Mage. Um, we we really think that your art really suits the book. It's very like anime inspired and, you know, it's got like a black protagonist and it's all about, you know, like destroying racists and everything, but it's all like within like, the world like of like worlds of final fantasy and like shown in anime and we think that your art would be perfect for it so i said absolutely where do i sign where do, where, what do we need to do to make this happen right and uh <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> and my editor was like i'm gonna give you the content information for the writer so you guys can like start to talk and get to know each other and and all that stuff and yeah so that's when me and danny kind of really like hit it off there in that moment and we have we have since then become like best friends he's like one of my closest friends at this point and it's really rare to meet someone and become a collaborator with them in comics and it be this kind of kismet moment because both him and i have have similar upbringings we were both only children that grew up in the south and we were like one of the only few black kids in our in our communities and mm. we're super interested in anime and manga and video games and all that stuff so we have a lot of the same like tastes and and like values and interests so we like have this shorthand where we can can just communicate in like a couple of different like things so when we were developing mm. black mage it was conversations like, oh, you remember that one scene from Full Metal Alchemist? And I'm like, oh yeah, that yeah, let's try to like capture that same kind of energy mm. in this in this chapter or in this panel or in this page. And 
we have just been developing this this series together since 2015. So we signed the contracts at the beginning of 2016 after I auditioned and they loved they loved the treatment that I did for it. And we'd been working on it since 2016 going into 2019. That's when the book released in November. And it's been out for like seven-ish to eight months at this point. And it's going into a second printing, which is Yay. super exciting. Yeah, it's so creative too. I love, um, I mean, you both did a great job. Like I love the art and I love um, like some of the character, the character designs and um, like the names, like the crow is named Jim Crow. And I thought yeah. that was kind of clever and funny. And yeah. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> oh yeah. It was like the yeah. book very much is about like, being very in your face like tongue-in-cheek and not pulling any punches like mm. the so if I, it can definitely kind of like like strike people kind of strike people off guard because of how just like in your face it is and right with and with that we kind of we we didn't want to really mince words we didn't really want to leave room for interpretation about what these things are and what it really and what they really mean and what it really stands for and and all that so we you know especially with like the main character his name being tom token and and taking the the um the trope about an uncle tom and then also being like the token but flipping it on its head and him being this super smart really like really like pro black kid who wants to you know keep his head down and get the best education that he can so that he can become an incredible magician like he wants to be like the best arc mage so that very much is very similar to you know like in naruto like naruto wants to be the hokage and mm-hmm. and um asta wants to be like the whatever it is <laughs> whatever it is I know, in, I was um, gonna try and help, in black I was clover like, i don't I know why just, don't know. I, yeah, yeah i don't know why it just escaped me but it's very <laughs> yeah. much in that in that same vein mm-hmm. and we wanted to kind of inject that but also like tackle subjects of race but do it in a very you know shonen anime tongue-in-cheek kind of way and um i think we we're mostly very successful with it and you know a lot of people really resonated with the book and really enjoyed it so we're super blessed and grateful that the book has done as well as it has and we're excited to potentially make more in the future yeah yeah i uh i remember reading it and i was just like y'all y'all ain't shy away from nothing no like, not just at all. like oh this is what we're talking about okay yeah <laughs> Um, and just for people who may not know, um, um, Black Mage is about a Black uh, teenager who starts um, attending an all-white magical school um, and attempts to learn how to become a magician Yep. and discovers a, you know, underbelly <laughs> secret <Yeah>. society yes. <laughs> kind of situation. <laughs> I guess yeah. does that work? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's very. I don't want to give too much away for those of you that haven't read it yet, but that's right. pretty much the plot synopsis, like to the T. Yay! Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I think I got this. Yeah. Um, and you also did Dream Daddy and Agretzigo. Um, how did those come about? Um. So fortunately, I was very lucky that the publisher of Black Maid is also the publisher for the Dream right. Daddy comics and the Agretzigo comics. So once you're kind of in with. A publisher they're always gonna like throw things your way if they, if they think it's a good fit for you um so we had a conversation about dream daddy and my uh one of my editors was like hey like are you like interested in dream daddy at all we're doing comic adaptations of it and we'd love to have your your take on on those characters and i'm like 
signed me up. And mm. my really good friend Josh, who wrote the script for our Dream Daddy issue, which is uh, aptly titled Dungeons and Daddies, um, nice. where all of the player, all of the um, romanceable dads from the Dream Daddy game are playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons together. And they, it kind of flips back and forth between the, their D&D campaign and the stuff that's going on in their lives together. So it was super fun to work on that. Oh, I love those kind of concepts. So, mm-hmm. Especially with Dungeons and Dragons. It can get so fun where it's like, oh, now I'm an elf or, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was fun to get to kind of like play with those characters and design their D&D versions of themselves. So that mm-hmm. was really fun to kind of do that in addition to like, you know, with working with these already established characters and the the team that worked on Dream Daddy loved what we did with, with them. So I was super happy about that. Definitely wanted to impress the people that made the source material, of course. So that was a really fun uh, job to do. And Gretzko kind of came about the same way. Um, my editor was like, we are working on the Gretzko comics too. Is that something that you're interested in? And I said, yes like i'm in no <laughs> position to really say no <laughs> so i was like sign me up i want to do this i love the show right. so i you know i just jumped at the opportunity to do it and it was just a lot of fun and and that was another product that daniel and i worked on together so it was it was just a blast it was a it was a lot of fun to work on um sanrio is very particular about their characters and rightfully so so, um, you know, it definitely went through a couple rounds of revisions, but ultimately it came out the best that it possibly could. Yeah, you got some really great, um, I'm, I'm, I don't know the correct term for this, so I stop, I'm sorry, but like one page, kind of like blowout art pages? Yeah, that yeah. Make, that makes sense? <laughs> yeah, so like kind of like the, they're, they're referred to as like splash pages. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, the words was escaping me. <laughs> it's all good. No worries. <laughs> yeah. So he has some really great splash splash pages in a Gretzigo. Um, that was just like, yes, capture all the rage. Yeah. Thank and you. Fire. <laughs> um, so, and the great thing about working with Daniel for so long, like he knows what my strengths are as an artist. So when he writes, he always plays to those strengths. So again, when we're talking about having like a great relationship with a co a co collaborator, mm. it's, you know, it's, it's, awesome to know is to know somebody that is always going to have your best interest at heart and is always going to play to your strengths so working with him is like one of the easiest um working situations that i've ever had like working in any like whether it's like a day job or in comics like he's been a treasure to work with (laughs) and i'm never gonna let him go he's amazing (laughs) don't do it yeah (laughs) one in a lifetime um did you play um the dream daddy game before you worked on it or yes um i definitely played a little bit of the game i played Mm -hmm. two routes i played um Mm -hmm. the route for both uh craig and um brian are the two routes that i played and those are my two favorite dads and fortunately in the comic those two were heavily featured a lot in the book so it was fun to be able to like draw like my favorite like of the romanceable dads like two of my favorite dads like getting to draw them together was a lot of fun that is awesome it's so cool how things work out like that yeah like it was it was one of those things where it's like an opportunity like this isn't always gonna come around so why not jump at the opportunity to do it so it was it was great the timing was right on it so being able to do that while also working on black mage at the same time because those things were kind of happening in tandem was 
It was really challenging, but it was so worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. And you mentioned being an anime fan. Obviously, you're a fan of Agretzigo. Yes. Um, you mentioned Full Metal Alchemist. Is there any other anime that you like? Oh, God. I could... We could be here all day. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a kid of the 90s. So, <laughs> like anime from like the 1980s through like 1999 is like my my sweet spot or mm-hmm. and then going into like the 2000s of the tsunami era and all that stuff too there's a lot of really good stuff there um but for me like ranma one half is another one of my favorite shows um when i think about comedy and like character acting and, and shows that are hyper character focused like i look at ranma as such a great example like those characters are so fully realized and unique and funny and just and three dimensional. So like I love Ranma for for everything that it is. Um and something that's a little bit newer that I love, obviously like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, I think is a masterpiece from start to finish. So good. And of course, like the staples like Cowboy Bebop and um like I'm, you know, I'm a I'm a black kid that grew up in the '90s, so like Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z was like very very much part of yeah. my growing up. <laughs> it's like rites of passage. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like a black nerd rite of passage is Dragon Ball yeah. Z for sure. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I, um, Outlaw Star is another really good one mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else of like the newer stuff. Um, I've I have watched um Kakeguri like so many mm-hmm. times. It's like the gambling anime. It is so ridiculous and over the top and extra. <laughs> I've it. watched it like both seasons at least three times over. <laughs> um, that's because it's just, I love things that are just like fun and over the top and don't take themselves too seriously. And it's it's one of those those over the top anime shows that I love. Um, another magical girl show that I love is Kill La Kill, which is just, mm. again, like the perfect combination of like shonen action and then all the trappings of like magical girl shows but like with studio trigger like poured all on top of it like i just wanted injected directly into my veins <laughs> yes absolutely yeah kill i kill is is awesome um have you had a chance to check out retro crush um yes um i mm-hmm. when i saw that retro crush had all of these like classic mm-hmm. shows i'm like oh this is a no-brainer i definitely have to get this yes yeah it's 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 great and i and you've probably seen when i've posted that stuff on twitter i'm like man like anime doesn't look like that anymore and i wish it did i really really wish it did like there's something about those aesthetics from like the 70s 80s and and 90s in Mm -hmm. anime that you just don't see that anymore today and i wish we would see more shows that are like that there are some shows today that definitely like harken back to older times for sure but yeah, it's just not it's not the wave anymore, and I'm and I'm saddened by that constantly. But you know, even even amidst my personal preference of the of a look of of anime, like I'm definitely more of like like a retro crush kind of a person. But mm-hmm. there's so much new stuff that's out there that's just fantastic that I really really enjoy too. Yeah, there's so much so much so much out there, and um, yeah, I think Adorned by Chi has this um sweatshirt and shirt that says '90s anime aesthetic, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All of that. <laughs> yeah, there's just something special about it. I don't know what it is, but there is definitely, I don't know if it's like the expressions or just like the gorgeous art and just like you can tell like the love that was put into it. I, I don't know. Yeah, like I, like I, it's it's indescribable 
what it is about that era of time to where there it was like catching lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. and there's definitely still tons of lightning and bottles that are happening today like i don't want that to ever like be misconstrued but there's something that's just so special about that time i think i think it might be i, I think for me it's the level of like love and care of like each painted like hand painted cell of animation mm-hmm. like and the amount of work that it took to make a cartoon back then like it's still is a ton of work today but like it was so analog back then and it and you just can't replicate that it's hard to replicate that kind of look today and i wish we could find like the whole there's like a i saw like a portion of like a documentary on like the making of sailor moon that there's like there's like a clip of it floating around like on mm. youtube and on twitter but i'm like i want to see the whole thing of that because yeah. i want to see how they rep- they made all these like sparkly glowy effects without a computer I'm like, I'm like how is that oh, possible? Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> like, like all of those effects, those particle effects, uh, the glow and sparkles and all of that stuff. Like, I think about specifically the um, the, the moon cosmic power makeup, that transformation mm-hmm. sequence with that glowing heart spinning in perfect perspective around right. Usagi, and then it, it turns into sparkles and it makes her skirt. I'm like. How did they do that without a computer? How? Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. I'm like, that. how did they do it? Like, I'm sure, that, I'm sure there was a computer involved in some part of it, but right. like, how? Like, yeah. I'm so curious as to how they were able to do that. Magic. Yeah, that's <laughs> that anime magic of the '90s. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's the only. It's the only logical explanation. Period. <laughs> <laughs> And what else do you stand outside of you know anime and Sailor Moon? Um, what else do I stand? I mean, I mm-hmm. I mean, I stand Beyonce. Like, yes. I just how can you not? Um, um, Black is yeah. King just dropped, so um, after this, I'm gonna go watch that. Same. Um, what else do I stand? Um, I'm just like forever like a fighting game stand. Like that's just mm-hmm. like my lifeblood. Like I grew up in the arcade and. And all that again, like just like so, like deliciously '90s, like VHS tapes, anime, um, right. arcades, being in the mall, like all of that stuff was like very much like my childhood, and I want to inject that into my work. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I stand? Um, oh my god, like I feel like so many things, like Steven Steven Universe again, like Rebecca Sugar, mm-hmm. like I'm a Rebecca Sugar stan, like I want to mm-hmm. know what she does next i hope she's taking a very long and well-deserved break from yeah. <laughs> steven universe but i'm so hungry for more of what's in her head mm-hmm. i i i want i want to know what else she wants to create and i want i want that i really yeah. really want that that's also another show that um sailor moon inspired yeah or you know definitely has oh some sailor moon inspiration there tons of influences mm-hmm. from that for sure mm-hmm. um I'm a Street Fighter stan. Like, if we're getting into specifics mm. for fighting games, like Chun Li, like that's my girl. Like yes. day one, like Thunder I'm like she. She walked so that all these other fighting game girls could run. So <laughs> yeah. like, there's just no argument there. Um, uh, I guess when it comes to like live action stuff and like, if we're talking like TV, like I again, I love like ridiculous 
over-the-top television. So, like, I love a messy reality show. So, mm-hmm. like, a Real Housewives. Like, mm-hmm. catch me every week watching my, sh- watch my Housewives shows. Yes. Um, I just love just, like, popcorn pop culture stuff that I can just, like, kind of shut my brain off and just, like, enjoy the, like, ridiculousness of it all. Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, everything is so, like serious right now this being able to turn my brain off for like an hour to watch like wealthy rich like white women like tear each other apart like over (laughs) over the most ridiculous stuff like not attending a party or like or like a puppy or like Mm. it's like how ridiculous and absurd their storylines are and what they turn into 12 and 13 episode story arcs over (laughs) a he said she said thing like yeah whole seasons of those shows are are literally focused are like like the crux of those things are like this could be solved with a phone call (laughs) like you could just text them and say i'm sorry but right but it wouldn't make good television so (laughs) it's like i love all that ridiculous stuff um Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I just, I just love, like, content. I love pop culture. I love, like, music. I love television. Like, I'm a TV kid. Like, I just, like, grew up watching so much television. Um, Like, animated movies. Like, I just, I just want to take in so much content Mm -hmm. whenever I can. Yeah, I'm with you there all the way. Like, I am 100% love content. Um, And what advice would you have for any artists who want to either release their own projects or work with a big company like Oni Press one day? So... Here's the thing, right? You're um if you are making a portfolio to like appease like what you think a publisher will like, it's going to be it's going to show in your work that you're not really passionate about it unless you are passionate about those specific things. Like if you are like like really into like mainstream big two comics like Marvel and DC and you like love that stuff like you got to put that stuff in your portfolio and you have to dress for the job that you want. So if you want to do, I, this is like what I would go back in time and tell like 19 year old me that's like bright eyed and bushy tailed in college that wants to be a manga artist, like so bad or, <laughs> and all that stuff. I'm like, I'm like, babe, you got to just like actually draw comic pages. Like you got to actually put forth the work that you want to make into a portfolio for people to see that you can execute because Mm. what they're looking for you can be the nicest person in the world you can be the most talented person in the world but if your portfolio isn't focused on the things that you want to do it's going to be hard to get that job that you want so really just like work dress for the job you want and make the stuff that you want to make um I've reviewed so many portfolios at this point in my career, like going to comics conventions and meeting people that like my work or know me through social media or just like people that are passing by that, especially with parents and their like middle school, high school age kids that have a passion for, for art and want to go to art school. I would always say just like draw the stuff that makes you happy because that's going to show in your work. The things that get you excited are always going to be the best pieces in your portfolio. Mm-hmm. So make a portfolio of the stuff that you like, the stuff that you want to do. Um, I want to see your OCs. I want to see your comics with your OCs in them because it's. I'm going to see that excitement about it in the work. Um, and just 
you got to just keep pushing and don't give up. And, and I think the biggest takeaway um, that I think applies more so now than when I was kind of coming up, um, because social media wasn't really a thing when I was in college, it was just coming out then, um, to not focus so much on the likes and the retweets, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting lots of followers because I'm not going to sit on this podcast and, and and lie with my whole chest and not say that stuff doesn't <laughs> matter because right. it does. Like, I, I've gotten the majority of my jobs through, through Twitter. Like, mm-hmm. I've had people reach out to me. Like, I've had editors reach out to me. And then we transitioned to email, but it started with a DM. It started with a DM on Twitter or or an introductory email that says, hey, like I found your work on Twitter and I would love to talk to you more about X, Y, and Z opportunity. Um, taking part in those hashtags, especially for especially for my my black folks that are out there, um, the drawing while black tag is super important. Like I've gotten at least emails through that tag from people seeing my work in the drawing while black hashtag. So participating online and wanting more eyes on your work is not a bad thing like the more eyes you have on your work the more the higher the probability there is that you could have the right person see your work but the caveat to that is to like it's not the end-all be-all right like it's about kind of striking that balance like understanding that social media is absolutely a tool to get more eyes on your work and people like Hiring, um, hiring people that are out there, um, recruiters are out there, um, editors are out there, um, uh, people, showrunners are out there that are looking for for new and undiscovered talent. So, so being online is absolutely super important. But determining, but like equating your self worth to the amount of likes and retweets that you have is not good. Like, don't don't do that. Like right. you you are more than the amount of work that you put out every day. Like it's easy to see popular artists who have, who are at their, at the stage in their career to where they don't have to have a job that keeps them from being able to, you know, pump out as much content as they're pumping out. It's okay. If you're only putting out a piece every couple of weeks or a week or whatever that looks like for you, because you have a job that you, that requires so much of your energy and your time 40 hours a week or whatever that looks like you've got your own responsibilities whether that's being a parent um being a student working just being an adult or just like having multiple responsibilities there's so many factors that are involved that can keep us away from being able to make the work that we want to make but not to give up like just to and just to get in whatever time you can to make the work that you can when you can is more important than anything. So like you might produce a piece once a month. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's nothing wrong with that. And you will get to a place to where you can create more work. And who knows, you'll be on a podcast talking about Sailor Moon <laughs> and talking about your book and the things that you're doing right. and all that stuff. So like, yeah, like social media is a tool, but it's not the end all be all. And it doesn't determine your value as an artist or a content creator. That's like my biggest takeaway for, especially for the kids coming up today. Yeah. I love how like being on this podcast could be a goal for somebody. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope that's true for somebody. I, I, <laughs> when I got the email from you, I was like, yes, 
<laughs> I would love to talk about Sailor Moon for yeah. 30 minutes to an hour. I would love that. <laughs> right. Literally. Like any time. That should be my tagline. <laughs> we talk about Sailor Moon for 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah. <laughs> every week. Yes, every week. All, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. Though. I think that kind of ties into um, what you are saying before, because I've seen a lot of people um, who say, you know, they tried to force content because mm-hmm. they're trying to chase what's popular, yeah. and it, you know, and it comes off as, can, or it can come off as, you know, not as authentic. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes they don't feel as good about the art because they feel that it wasn't, you know, something they actually wanted to do, but something they wanted to do right. to get likes, right. to get more attention, to, you know, sometimes get more jobs. Yeah. But yeah, so that makes a lot of sense um, to me. And I hope it makes sense to listen. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, just like Sailor Moon's had her Sailor Moon says phrase at the end of every episode, what would your phrase be? So Sailor DJ says. Um, Sailor DJ says, log out of Twitter. <laughs> Take a break. Yeah. Drink some Honestly. water. <laughs> Do anything else. Get some air. Get some air. Go outside. Wear, wear a mask. Yes. Please. Wear a mask. Yeah. Social distance. <laughs> Get some fresh air, but log out of Twitter. Mm -hmm. Put your phone away. Like, Mm. and I need to tell myself that, like, every day I'm like, put the phone down, sis. Put it down. Please. Sometimes I'll put my app in a different place on my phone. Yeah. And then, you know, you realize just how much you go to click on it. Just, like, absentmindedly. Yeah. Yeah. It's so scary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's good advice, though. I think, yeah. Stay away from Twitter when you can. Yeah. Put it down. Just put it away. Step away. Put it away. <laughs> Go watch an episode of Sailor Moon. Yes. Do anything. Just, right. just like just like get away from it for 30 minutes, an hour, hours. If you can't, mm-hmm. if, if like you can like a day. Right. Go somewhere where you don't have reception and do anything else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with within what is feasible to do right now. But yeah. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, more importantly, especially right now, um, Sailor, Moon, uh, Sailor DJ says wear a mask. <laughs> Please. Please <Yes>. wear a mask. <laughs> we had another guest that was like, wash your hands, for God's sake. Oh, God, please, please wash, your, wash your, hands. your hands. Please. <laughs> Begging. Yeah. All of this. Just great advice. <laughs> Self-care. Yes, and... please. It's so important. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then what's next for you and where can people find you? Um, what is next for me? Um, so I recently just signed with Inkwell Management. I have an agent, a literary mm-hmm. agent right now. So I'm really excited about what comics looks like for me in the future. Um, some um, creator-owned stuff for me, both written and illustrated by me. That's something that I want to do in the future. Um, I'm, you know, trying to speak it into existence that I'm going to hopefully transition into animation at some point um i would love to be a showrunner alongside daniel for a black mage anime adaptation Mm. that would be dope um but yeah i'm just trying to speak those things into existence working really hard continuing to just like refine my craft and become a better artist become a better storyteller become a better writer um just become like a better like content creator in general and also, like, trying to protect my own, like, mental health and energy. Like, trying to be better about balancing, like, being online and being off. <laughs> Especially <laughs> since we're all stuck in our homes right now. It's hard to do anything else but be online. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I just want to keep making more things. I just want to keep making more things. I want to keep having more discussions about what 
gets us excited and motivated to create things. I want to just, you know, continue to have conversations with people that are creative, that are passionate about something, that they want to make something together. Yeah, I just, yeah, I want to just continue to make more things going forward. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm really excited to see, you know, some more writing or writing artists creations from you i'm sure there'll be sailor moon easter eggs in everything oh yeah like, I, i'm gonna <laughs> yeah there's gonna be a sailor moon something in everything that i do <laughs> yes <laughs> i love it it's it's the same for me so i get it yeah um and where can people find you online um you can find me all over the internet um i'm i'm sadly on twitter way too much <laughs> um i'm on twitter at oh hey dj that's o-h-h-e-y dj and that's my handle on everything. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. That's TikTok. I'm out there TikToking with the kids. Yeah. Um. It's it is so much fun. <laughs> um. <laughs> that app has a ton of problems, but like there is so mm-hmm. much creativity on that platform from th- these next generation of kids and content creators. Like, um. It's been that app has been a really uh, been a huge blessing for me just because I've been able to connect with other creators that I otherwise would have never come across mm-hmm. without that platform. So yeah, I'm on those three pretty much always. Um, and you can check out our podcast called The Magical Boys. Um, it's a gay gaming anime, uh, comics, uh, manga podcast, all from a queer perspective with me and one of my best friends named Ruben. Um, we are kind of currently um, posting bi-weekly right now, uh, which will soon to be going weekly. That That is our goal, Ooh. to go weekly. And we just, like, shoot the shit. We just connect every week just so that we can kind of check in with each other just to say hey and talk shit for, like, an hour and a half about what we're playing and what we're watching and and what's going on, especially, like, in the gaming space right now. Like, all the stuff that's going on and just having a good time talking about all the stuff that we're excited about. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And yeah, I love your TikTok too. We didn't get to talk about it. I think, you know, like with everything else, it, there's upsides and downsides, but I love the TikTok that you have where um, you're like, what people think about art, like how artists create stuff. And you're like looking at your tablet, like, yeah, create the thing already. Like do it. Yeah, just like, <laughs> you do it by yourself. Just like, so yeah. are you gonna, are you just gonna like make the drawing for me now or, right. or not? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Bury that energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so your TikToks have been really funny and great. <laughs> yeah. So definitely Thank check you. out those. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No problem. And um, and once again, I am Victoria L. Johnson, a.k.a. Miss Old School. That's Old School with AK. And you can find the Sailor Moon Fan Club podcast at Moonies Club on Twitter and Moonies underscore club on Instagram. And thanks for listening, Moonies. And thanks, DJ. No problem. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs>